0: Hey, it's been a while. My name is Charles Olson, and welcome to this special episode of Pod for the Planet. It's been a whole six months since the last episode of this show, and I'm so sorry for being MIA that whole time, but I guess I'll use the same excuse that I've been using to get takeout two to three times per week. We are living during a global pandemic. Give me a break. Since we last spoke, a whole lot has happened. Over 230,000 Americans have lost their lives due to COVID-19. The U.S. presidential election has been trotting along, slowly at some points, excitingly at other points. The climate crisis continues to get worse, but climate change coverage continues to grow stronger and stronger daily. Supreme Court Justice Ruth Bader Ginsburg passed away and has since been replaced by Trump appointee Amy Coney Barrett. Also, in other news, President Donald Trump had COVID and recovered. That feels like a million years ago, but was only about a month ago. I'm going to be taking this episode today to check in with everybody, tell you where I've been, what's going on now, and kind of a look forward into where I hope to go. So let's get into it. COVID-19 has completely changed my life and the lives of so many others. In the United States... Like I said, over 230,000 people have lost their lives to this disease and the negligence from our government to respond effectively to the crisis. My heart goes out to all the families grieving those losses. School closed back in March for me, and I was forced to finish out the last two months of my undergraduate program from the couch of my new home in Washington, D.C., where I am today. Back in March, I had left school for what I thought was just going to be a week in the Catskills for my spring break. I know, sounds like a wild time to spend spring break in a snowy Catskills cabin. I was told a few days after leaving campus that the school would be closing for the remainder of the semester. I drove back up on a Saturday to get all of my belongings out of the building that I had called home for the past three years. I did not get an opportunity to say goodbye to most of my friends or any of the people that I lived with. I remember on my long drive, I was listening to the audiobook of The Uninhabitable Earth by David Wallace Wells and feeling an overwhelming sense of grief for the rapidly crumbling world around me. It was that same story, was the first thing that I read in undergrad in my first class, my first day of school. Uh, and I was immediately brought back to what brought me into working in climate in the first place. Driving away from Plattsburgh, for what now seems like the last time, for a very long time, I remember how much I struggled to focus on the road after having spent most of the day driving up there. The winds were gusting, and I could not focus. I was tired from how abrupt the changes to my life swept over me. I was tired by the weight of the grief I felt for losing my graduation ceremony and those last precious months with my closest friends. I was tired from the aimless anger I felt towards the world for taking these things away from me, and I was tired from driving over 600 miles that day. In the course of about a weekish, I found myself moved into my partner's apartment in Washington, D.C. I quickly found myself in need of a job to be able to afford my new living arrangements, but I was fortunate enough to find a local grocery store hiring. Unfortunately, I did not imagine how difficult it would be to perform as an essential worker during the height of a global pandemic who would have guessed nevertheless i continued school online for a few short months and eventually graduated from Plattsburgh and received my bachelor's degree woo i guess it still doesn't feel real what was supposed to be my greatest achievement and the culmination of years of work and dreaming ended up being a Saturday spent sitting on my couch, watching as the school-created video played and my name crossed the screen. Bittersweet, to say the least. I spent the following months just like everyone else had, making do with what we had in front of us. I continued to work at the grocery store for a few months until I got a job babysitting these two lovely kids across town. I was beyond relieved to no longer be in such a vulnerable position as an essential worker. And I have to acknowledge the fact that there are hundreds of thousands of people who are still out there as essential workers serving communities today. And I thank them all so much for their service still. At the same time, I decided to apply for a master's program at George Washington University. And through the help of some great mentors of mine and a very rushed last minute application, I was accepted to start a Master's of Media and Strategic Communications this fall, which I did. At the end of July, I had officially been applying to every possible job in my field, and had gotten countless rejections for obvious reasons. But in some other stroke of luck, I was offered a job at the Chesapeake Climate Action Network as an Executive Assistant and Special Projects Coordinator I've been working for CCAN since the end of July, and I honestly could not be happier that I get to begin my journey in my career despite all of the tragic circumstances around us. One of the realms of my work for the past three months has been to help our voter education coordinator with our fight to vote campaign. In doing some of that support work, I've become deeply immersed in the issues we are facing in the lead up to the election that ends tomorrow, November 3rd. With the severity of the situation we find ourselves in, I felt the urge to say a few words. <sighs> this is the most important election for the next 40 years. The outcome of this election will determine the world that we live in for the next decade, but also quite possibly, it will also determine the world we live in for the rest of the century and not beyond that. What is on the line? aside from the fate of our climate systems and basic human rights, a whole lot. LGBTQ rights, American democratic norms, campaign finance reform, criminal justice reform, healthcare access for millions of Americans, reproductive rights, educational reform, and of course, the future handling of the COVID-19 pandemic going into the next year and beyond. But for the sake of this podcast, let's focus on the first two. This election, it's a climate election. Except the problem is one of the candidates doesn't seem to quite get that. Just look at all the climate ads put out by the Biden campaign, the link in the show notes below. Many people have said that the Trump administration over the past four years has not had a position on climate change. But the thing is, in the year 2020, not having a set policy for addressing the climate crisis is a position on climate change. Denial is active now. To not address the climate change is an active choice that has to be made. The current administration is doing everything in its power to prop up a dying fossil fuel industry at the expense of our global climate and the futures of millions of Americans, not to mention the billions of people who are already suffering due to climate-related disasters today, right now. The Biden campaign has outlined the most ambitious plan to address the climate crisis ever, period. And the plan will not only address the climate crisis, but will also usher in a new age for the United States with new jobs and a rethought economy that could work better for the people. I'm not going to try and convince people right now that climate change is the greatest threat we face. Because it is. And the cost of addressing it is far far less than the cost of ignoring it. Now, climate aside, which I know is totally crazy because you can't have an economy or a society at all without a stable climate. We must address the fact that Donald Trump is a white supremacist, a misogynist, a racist, and a xenophobic pile of rotten orange peels stuffed into a human suit pretending to be human. That's it. Know that. Know that if Trump is reelected, or if he steals the election, which he very well may try doing, that those will be the values of our nation for a long time. Know that, feel it, and start to prepare yourself for what you might have to tell your grandchildren when they ask you what you did to make sure that our country didn't become the worst that our civilization has to offer. Look, there are going to be people who tell me that these two candidates are two sides of the same coin. And you know what? Biden was not my first choice. And he does identify with a system that I believe to be fundamentally flawed. But the thing is, Trump and his his administration are driving this country towards an authoritarian regime at the expense of our freedoms and our democracy. We learn in history class that the United States is the greatest country in the world. See that episode of Avatar The Last Airbender. And in school, we learn that when Hitler, a fascist, and the Nazi party rose to power, good old US of A came in to beat them and save the day. We know now that's not the whole story. All I'm trying to say is this. When your choice is between a fascist who lies when he says that he is the only one who can protect you and your interests, and a man who might not fit your beliefs and your politics, but believes in the right of the people and in the power of our laws and the bedrock principles of our country, could you really live with yourself if you let the former win? Look, voting third party in this election, that's a vote for Trump. You might not like it, but it's the system we live in currently, and that's just the fact. If you want to change that, so do I. But we can never change that if we allow Trump to win another term. We need to push the, co- the country forward and the conversation forward, and the Trump administration will never allow that. If you have not cast your ballot already, and you plan on doing so on election day, please vote for the future of our planet. Vote for... For basic human decency. Vote with empathy. Vote for the future generations. Vote as if you care about others. Please vote for Joe Biden and Kamala Harris. Thank you. Well, now that that's out of the way, I really hope that ages well and I don't end up on a watch list sometime in the next couple of weeks. That would be awkward. If you're still listening and you stayed this long, thank you. I really appreciate you. And second, you're probably a friend or you really just care about this podcast and are wondering where we're going from here. And if you're still listening and you do care about this podcast and I don't know you, that makes you a friend. And I appreciate you too. The truth is, I wish I knew. Uh, I wish I could tell you my plan. I wish that I had a plan to begin with. For the first time in my life, I don't. Uh, I'm struggling to come up with a plan for what it is I even want to do. I don't know if I have a place in the climate movement or what that place is, what my role can be. I don't know what I want to do for the rest of my life. And I don't know what I even should do or how to even start getting there. But hey, I guess I'm just like every other 20-something right now. We're all lost and going through it. And... Some of us, myself included, don't even know what it is. I do know a few things, however. I decided recently to take a semester off of grad school for my own mental health and to just recharge and to focus on figuring out what it is I want to do with my life. I'm still going to be working at CCAN doing whatever it is I can to advance climate action and climate policies that will try to benefit all people our planet. Aside from that, I kind of have a few loose ideas that I think I want to play around with. Like I said, I don't know the role that I want to play in the climate fight over the next 10 years, and I don't know what my path looks like right now. But I do know that I want to bring back Pod for the Planet, and I want to continue this show as a way for me to continually engage critically with the work that is being done to solve the climate crisis, with the work that I'm doing and the work that so many other smart, talented people are doing. I want to interview people who are doing the work and learn as much as I can about the field and about the crisis and all of the solutions that are being put forth because at the end of the day, I'm not an expert, but I want to do everything in my power to learn as much as I can and bring all of you along with me. And along the way, I want to address my own journey in this fight, my own context, where I come from and how it provides a particular lens to these issues. And I wanna talk about the crisis of all of these overlapping crises of climate change, COVID-19, the mental health crisis of dealing with all of these issues. I wanna address all of that along the way. And that's kind of it. Before I go, I want to add that I could not be where I am today without the help of so many amazing people, and even some of our great listeners and supporters. I want to acknowledge how privileged I am to be in the comfortable position that I am today. And I thank everybody for helping me get here. If we lived in a perfect world, I would make this podcast full-time. I would. This would be my job. But sadly, we don't live in that world yet, but I'd wanna get there. But if you wanna help me get there, please let's start by leaving a comment, a review, a couple of words, and give me a five-star rating. a Rating for this show and just share it with your friends. That's super helpful. Reviews and ratings are the best way to support us at this point when we're still figuring out what we're gonna be doing moving forward. Look, a lot of things are up in the air right now. I'm posting this the night before the 2020 presidential election, and we're not going to know an outcome from that for a while. But eventually we will. And whatever the outcome is, there will be consequences, and there will be steps that we have to take to move forward. But after that, there's still the crisis of COVID-19 and an economic crisis. And then after that, we have an even bigger crisis of climate change and ecological collapse. The next few years are going to be hard. But I know that at our core, humankind is decent. And if we try and if we focus on the better parts of our society, we can overcome and we can find solutions to all of these massive problems. And I think. One of the first steps in getting there is being open to learning and being open to talking about these problems and talking about the solutions that people have for them and know that we're in this together. Thank you for listening. Have a great night.